I'm Dr. Chris Meyer. This is the Negotiation Innovation Podcast. This week, I want to talk about something that I think that we all struggle with. It's not easy to do this. It's not easy unless you're very deliberate to apply consistently the same ethical standards in your interactions. Hear me out on this one. I want you to think about the interactions that you have on a day-to-day basis. And I'm not talking about just organizationally. I'm not talking about just at work or just at home. Just negotiations that you would put into that negotiation basket. Because if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I feel that every interaction that we have is in essence some sort of negotiation because we're having interactions that are interdependent. Now, every interaction, that's hyperbole. Okay. Most. Better? Most of the interactions that we have because they have the opportunity to benefit the parties involved. Most of these interactions our negotiations. For example, I just walked through the kitchen in my house where my middle child and my wife were standing and the question was, so what do we want to do for dinner? Oldest child, of course, off on her own, doing her own thing. What she's doing for dinner, I don't know. Youngest child, at tennis, doing his practice. He'll eat something when he gets home. But here's the fact. What do you want to have for dinner? just sounds like a question. It just sounds like an interaction, a family thing. Happens every night, in every home, all over the place, right? What do you want for dinner? But the reality is there's some interdependence there. My son is old enough, he can cook or make a peanut butter sandwich or whatever. My wife and I worked all day. It makes it tough. It makes it somebody's responsibility. Somebody needs to cook. Somebody needs to get things together. So there's some interdependence in these small things, small things, small interactions. that lead us to an opportunity, lead us to something that impacts how people view us, not just at home, organizationally, with peers, with superiors, with subordinates. I'll tell you, I don't typically pull the curtain back on the recordings like this, But I was doing this recording. This podcast is important to me. It's something that I want you to rely on. I want you to know that on Tuesday morning it's going to be there. 
and I'm doing the recording and I had to stop because I got an email and the email said, hey, it was from a student. Hey, your quiz seemed really off. And I thought, yeah, okay. I mean, I write quizzes in a specific way, so maybe it did. But I wanted to check. I wanted to make sure because that consistency, that reliability, that's very important to me. I want to be consistent. I want to apply the same ethics to every interaction. So I stopped recording and I looked at the quiz and it was a quiz for a different class because technology is beautiful, right? You can use the quizzes in multiple classes. You can very easily connect the quiz bank to the class and I had connected the quiz bank from the organizational behavior class to the negotiation class. So there were a lot of very strange questions about organizations and how they come into play. And it was probably pretty frustrating for the student. Now there are a couple things that you can do here. I could have said, Oh, it was a technology error. Oh, something went wrong. Oh, it was our learning management system that failed. But I didn't. I said, oh, because we use the same, we use books from the same publisher in the organizational behavior class and the negotiation class. I inadvertently grabbed the wrong quiz because they're labeled similarly. I felt bad. I would have felt worse if I didn't consistently apply the ethics that I want to apply in all of my interactions. If this had been something at home, I would have come clean. I would have told people, oh, it's a mistake. And it was, it was a mistake. It's not a bad mistake. It's easily fixable. And I said to the student, don't worry. It's one quiz. I'm going to give you the points back. Everything will be fine. I could have freaked out. She could have freaked out. But I think that there's a reputation that I have that I try to uphold, that I'm going to deal with people fairly. That was an important reputation for me when I was in the business world. It's an important reputation for me in my organization now. I want things to be transparent. I want things to be clear. I want people to understand that they can rely on the way that I'm going to do business. As soon as you fall into the trap of applying your ethical standards differentially based on the audience, you don't have standards anymore. If you're doing things based on who you think is going to see it, that's not an ethical standard. That's not a standard for how you interact with people. And it happens a lot. 
It happens in my organization. And I'm going to tell you, we do things at Baylor that are different when they're forward-facing, when there's an audience, when there's people that can see it. We do things differently in a lot of organizations based on who's going to see it. And I think that we have to be aware, we have to be careful that when we're applying standards inconsistently like that, we don't have a standard. Imagine if your employees, if your subordinates, people that you trust, the people that you care about, imagine if they were out treating your customers differently based on how much your customers were going to buy. So the customers that they didn't think were going to buy much, they treated them poorly, didn't call them back, didn't answer their questions, didn't serve them the way they needed to be served. Is that the kind of company that you want to have? Ah, you don't seem very important to us, so we're just not going to treat you well. And you're saying, oh, you know, but there are people that because of circumstance, you just can't treat them as well. Oh, really? Now imagine if your employees were doing that based on the color of someone's skin. Now defend that because you can't. It's the same principle. If we have a standard, if we have a way that we're going to interact in our negotiations, we're going to treat people a certain way. I want you to think how important it is to consistently apply that. How important it is to take that into consideration and think about the impact that has on your reputation. We know Negotiation research has been done to look at how important, how powerful, and how long-lasting someone's reputation is. And it is all those things. It's important because people make decisions about whom they're going to trust, about where their business goes. People make decisions based on those reputations. And it's powerful. It's very powerful. People that have bad reputations have a very hard time working around that. People that have great reputations, especially in today's connected world, especially when I can go watch 14 YouTube reviews before I buy anything, especially when I can look at 193 Amazon reviews before I buy something, it's powerful. How many times have you thought, mm, maybe I'll buy this thing, and then looked at the reviews and changed your mind? Powerful. And it's long-lasting. Long-lasting. 
that reputation carries with us. Very easy to get, very hard to get rid of. Very hard to get rid of. Once you have a reputation as a certain kind of negotiator, as a certain kind of interactor with others, if people think of you as pleasant, as kind, as easy to deal with, that sticks. If people think of you in a negative light, difficult to deal with, grouchy, someone that you don't really want to be around, you, you know, go deal with her if you have to, but don't spend too much time. Don't get, don't get caught up in it. That's the kind of thing that sticks with you. So we have to be aware. We have to be consistent. Here's a word I use all the time in my class. We have to be deliberate. When we're making decisions, do things deliberately. This is how I want to be viewed. So this is how I'm going to have this interaction. Be deliberate. Do the things that you need to do to build the reputation that you want. And do it in a fashion that's consistent so that people know what they're going to get with you. People know what kind of negotiator you are. People know when they have an interaction with you, this is how it's going to go. There's a huge benefit to it. There's a huge benefit. And now, because part of my interaction tonight, part of my consistency, was to stop this podcast recording about three or four hours ago when I got that email and fix some problems with my test banks. Now, because of that, I'm going to sign off a little bit before the end of my typical 17 minutes. And I'm going to say, be deliberate, be consistent, apply the ethical standard that matters to you. I'm not telling you what that has to be because I don't know you, I don't know your circumstance, I don't know where you're from, I don't know your background, but find something that you believe in and apply it consistently. I would appreciate it if you would share this, like this, follow this, do all the things, and then send it to your friends, let them know. I would really like to impact as many negotiation lives as possible in a positive way. Thanks for listening to the Negotiation Innovation Podcast. I would appreciate it if you would subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so that I can reach a wider audience. You can find more information about these ideas on my website at meyernegotiation.com. Thanks. See you next time.